Well, we begin this podcast by giving you some important clothing updates, because that's what you tuned into this podcast expecting, right? Probably not. Uh, An update on uh, what am I wearing to record this podcast, an update on what Matt's child is wearing, and an update of two players who have swapped shirts. Not quite literally, but kind of. Anyway, we'll play some music and we'll explain. Yeah, so uh, clothing update. Matt uh, is with me. I'm Claire, by the way. How's it going, Matt? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, at Finally. any point, uh, we may be hijacked by Jolon as well, who is currently multitasking uh, whilst doing trying to finish his job, and then we'll get to, to come and join and record the podcast. So if you hear another voice interrupt very rudely, then you know what on earth is going on if you're new. Sorry, Matt, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, finally got some uh, Stars Hockey to watch, so this week's been a lot better than, <laughs> than the previous. It's a bit like, you know, when your team doesn't make the playoffs, and you know there's hockey going on, but it's not your team. So you're like... It's, it's also oh. been weirder because I'm up in the middle of the night feeding my daughter, and I've been watching way more hockey than I usually would of other teams. Yeah. Um, just because there's something to watch, um, which has been great, but I had no option but to watch other teams because my team wasn't playing. (laughs) It's been good this week. Yeah, so what are we on? Week two of uh, the season for... They they keep calling the season 2020-2021. And I'm like, no, it's just season 21. 20's gone, mate. It's over. (laughs) Just let it go and just call it 21. Um, And this is a podcast where we do not proclaim to be experts. We are just a bunch of fans who share our view and happen to be up uh, in the early hours of the morning or in the morning, watching ice hockey from outside of North America. Fortunately, um, it was a brilliant Sunday just gone because the Toronto Maple Leafs played at 9pm UK time so against jealous. the Flames. I, I loved it. And even better, it was available on a free sports channel in the UK. I was like, are you kidding me? Like It was like think- all my birthdays and Christmases came at once. I think they should make like any early games like that should be on free sports as just a way of promoting the sport in this country. Yeah. I think it'd be really good. Yeah. It was, I mean, good it's, work getting viewers. It's, it's really nice when you watch games live because I mean, I just decided uh, last year enough of this staying up in the early hours. As long as I turn on my notifications off, I will get up in the morning having, you know, being fully refreshed and I will watch hockey like you know, in the morning when I wake up. And that's fine. Like Sunday mornings, my thing is hockey night in Canada on Sunday morning in bed, wearing my jersey, breakfast in bed. Like it's a little tradition that I have for myself. And I love it. But then like when you watch it live and you see in Twitter and everyone's talking about it and you've got like the game center on the NHL app and you can see the ice tracker and like it's just exciting to be a part of something that's live. I forgot how cool that is. Did you? It, it it does make a massive difference. I mean, I, I stayed up and watched all the, the Stars playoff games live 
and it made such a difference watching those big games live rather than what I'd usually do is get up at like you at six o'clock in the morning and start watching them. But because you know it's already happened, there's like a you don't I don't know you don't quite feel as excited. Mm. I think it's because I know I could skip forward and find out what the score is. <laughs> it's like, but when you're live, you don't have that option. And like you say, you can interact with other things and other people and Twitter, and um, it is so much more fun. Yeah, you get clever though, don't you? Because I start saying, "Oh, this this game is two thirty-five. Wow, they did that in regulation then." Um, yeah, or if it's a bit problem. longer, yeah, exactly. Or as as Jolan realised, depending on which um, team is on the the screen shot of the game, probably insinuates who's won and who scored the game-winning goal. So it's like, oh, it's always yeah. the worst when you look at the length of the time and you go. Ah, uh, this is going to overtime. Yeah. And so you watch the whole game knowing that, you know, when it gets to the last minute and it, there's a goal in it, you know somebody's going to score and it's going to overtime. Absolutely. Like, well, look, let me just give you a recap of what we're going to be talking about on this episode. Uh, Washington Capitals were fined for hanging out in hotel rooms. Uh, and meanwhile, the NBA cancelled a ton of its games for their team, Washington Wizards, because they didn't even have a minimum of eight players available to play. Uh, the NHL suspended former Arizona Coyotes GM for the remainder of 2021. Uh, and then the Line v Dubois trade. Who was the biggest winner? Columbus Blue Jets, uh, sorry, Blue Jets. Columbus Blue Jackets or Winnipeg Jets? Or as the title suggests, were they just trading problems? I cannot take any credit for that episode title because the man who has finally turned up to record the podcast may potentially be listening jolon that was your your phrase trading problems a very clever one i may add wow i think that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me <laughs> steady on we've got to start that way and then it slips down but it's a good week to be a toronto maple leafs fan right is it well some great games but let's just put aside jack campbell for a second yeah 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 it's been a i mean it's typical up and down isn't it it's it, I think one thing that we're learning about this format of uh, schedule and everything is that there is going to be a lot of ups and downs. These series, these back-to-back games are are swinging back and forth. And uh, yeah, I think for all fan bases, I think it's going to be um, a roller coaster all the way to whenever the Stanley Cup is. Am I becoming the optimist here? Because I watched Toronto Maple Leafs and thought, this is actually like, you know, it's always a bit rusty to start a season, but we've got guys who are scoring and putting their necks on the line on all levels. It's not just top line. When our top line like was, you know, in going injured, actually we still had guys in the third and fourth line who were turning up and wanting to, you know, put their name on the scorecard. Yeah, I think it's been a weird one really, because there's been there's been games where I've thought Hey, hang on a minute. We've we've got we've got defense this year. That's that's good. That's a plus. We've got goaltending. We've got you know two backup goaltending wins out of two, which we couldn't have said for a very long time last year. And we've got a good power play. The worry is that very quickly, you know, losing Joe Thornton was a was a pain, and and then losing Nick Robinson Robertson was another kind of awkward pain and because the Leafs are so cap strapped it leaves them so little room to manoeuvre and it the only thing that I worry about really is that we we don't see that kind of all out 
offense that the Leafs were so good. Now you could say that's a you know that's a good thing because they've corrected the other way and they've they've got a bit kind of they've got a bit more solid and they look a bit more like a you know a team who can win. And maybe who knows? And this is what I keep trying to tell myself to cheer myself up. I keep telling myself this is a team that looks far more like they could win in the playoffs instead of winning seven five against the New York Rangers in November. Like. And maybe maybe that is a good thing. And maybe, you know, how many times do we see a team win the President's Trophy and then go on to win the Stanley Cup? Very rarely. Often it is a team that grinds their way through the regular season. I mean, you know, look at the Dallas Stars last year. I mean, Matt was talking about the fact that they, you know, weren't even going to make the playoffs at one point. And then, you know, they have go on this incredible run and grind out these results. That is where I'm taking my kind of, you know, uh, the good positive vibes from at the moment is we're seeing a completely different side to a team that we would have even imagined could play like this. So if they can get that offense going, if Matthews can start scoring goals instead of doing everything other than scoring, then yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been okay. I'd say it's been a it's a middling year I think so far for for the Leafs. <laughs> I mean, some incredible games um, this week. You know, the, the shootout between uh, the Canucks and Montreal. Oh, my God. It was like 6-5. It was just like pow, pow, pow. Some just nice, exciting games to kind of just pick up. Because, you know, you were saying, Matt, about having to kind of have a bit of a, a wider perspective, really, and look at what's going on elsewhere. But you actually had some exciting news uh, in the last couple of days. I talked about clothing in the introduction. I have turned up today wearing uh, my uh, teddy bear dressing gown and slippers, my pyjamas. I am comfy, right? I don't care that you can see me. I'm enjoying this, but you have an excellent clothing update, which I feel that we need to share with the world. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I bought my daughter back in like mid-December, this kind of bodysuit thing it's a baby, baby grow. grow that's what they're called get with the that, lingo um, that says i watched dallas stars with my daddy that's so and cute. i've been waiting for it to arrive from america for ages and it's finally turned up today so yeah was... i uh, i have no problem with this except for the fact that clay you said that's the sweetest thing i've ever said in our whatsapp group which uh, uh sweetest thing i've ever seen yes. now come on surely surely if it was a maple leaf one, then yes, that would be the sweetest thing you've ever seen. The lady makes maple leaf ones. So Does she? Yeah. She, they, she also makes Notch these ones. Notch that into the column of kids are a pro. Well, <laughs> she, she makes these ones that are half and half. So it says like, my mommy supports such and such and daddy supports such and such, but they both love me. And it's got oh. like a heart with half and half. They're really <laughs> cute. The thing is, right, when you live in the UK, it's really difficult to get hold of some of this stuff. Now, I've been looking at places like um, Depop. I don't know if you've heard of the app Depop. It's quite popular. It's a bit like eBay, but you get a lot of things like kind of secondhand. And I actually got a couple of Toronto Maple Leafs T-shirts for like a five, uh, ten quid off Depop. Uh, They've got socks on there. They've got little knitted um doll things that you can get and the detail like i looked at the san jose sharks one and the anaheim ducks like their logos are quite detailed and they ha- i had like she they crocheted like the logo on the front i mean yeah it, it's actually amazing so yeah depop and, and etsy if you want to get some uh, cheaper jersey second hand but and they look like they're legit as well like the, the t-shirt i got the other day was actually an official nhl t-shirt so i was like 
Brilliant. I'm having, a, I'm having a, a very first world problem with a, with the jersey that I ordered. It wasn't um, uh, an NHL one. It was an, uh, an NFL one. But it was um, it was a personalised one, so it's got a name and number on it. But I don't think it came from the factory with the name and number on. And the red of the numbers and the name is ever so slightly out with the red of oh. the crest of the team. And when I got it, I clocked it and thought, hmm, hang on, something's not right there. And then I thought, do you know what? You've, if you're worried about that, you've got way too much time on your hands, which I do. But anyway, um, then I suddenly thought, no, 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 it's fine. Just ignore it. And now I can't unsee it. I cannot unsee every single time <laughs> I catch, you know, a reflection of myself in a mirror. I see that the reds are ever so slightly out. So I'm not sure I can do anything other than just pay through the nose for insanely expensive, authentic jerseys just to avoid this problem that I've got now. That is a first world problem yeah, it right is. there. Yeah. yeah, that's a first world lockdown problem when all you can do is sit inside and you're just looking in a mirror and you're going, it's out of sync. It's not right. I tell you what, right. There's a perfect link here to talk about jerseys. And I mentioned shirt swapping has been taking place. Nice. Not, but as I said, not the exact shirts because in coronavirus land, that would never be allowed. No. And also the shirts would have to be quarantined for 14 days <laughs> <laughs> because line A uh, swaps with Dubois and a bunch of other stuff behind the scenes who wants to break down i've lost my notes about what on earth this uh trade included matt you go first i need to cough <laughs> well, <laughs> well i think it all started escalating last week didn't it with uh pierre luc dubois three minute um time on ice for uh in the first period for columbus last week uh which ended in a shift which was um, lackluster to say the least if, you, if you've not seen it go away and have a look at it um, it was his last ever shift for Columbus and John Tortorella was not happy um, the thing is did he like I mean because John Tortorella apparently was saying in, kind of, in a quote he put about you know uh, we, we, we don't really want to kind of work with these types of athletes we don't you know there's a little bit of prima donna stuff that goes on like I I kind of really Google. Did I miss a video or a press conference or something where, like Dubois said something kind of really weird or did something, so or is it all so behind closed doors? So he was an RFA in the summer. Uh, the summer, well, whenever the off season was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, but he came out asking for a trade. Yeah. So he asked for a trade, knowing that he was an RFA. So he signed a contract on the understanding, apparently that he was going to get traded. But um, I can't remember the uh, GM for Columbus, uh, Kekalainen or somebody. Uh, I think he kind of decided to just drag his heels a little bit. Uh, I think probably in the hope that Dubois would change his mind. Um, but he didn't. And he was It wasn't just any kind of deal either, was it? It's like two year, 10 million con yeah. you know, dollar contract. I mean, $10 million is a reasonable, decent deal. I guess it was a bridge deal, really. And I think, I think Dubois was upset that he hadn't been traded by the start of the season and started not really pulling his weight and Tortorella wasn't happy about it. And, and this, this, um, this shift last week was kind of the, the tipping point in which the GM decided, well, 
I'm going to have to trade him now. And I think probably talks escalated uh, after that. And then Patrick Lyon's name came up, which he had been rumoured to be traded. I, I think we um, we spoke about it when we were doing the draft and somebody, uh, you know, our fantasy and somebody drafted him and said, oh, he's been rumoured to be traded. But I didn't, I didn't think he'd go for... Dubois, who and and then he gets injured. I mean, Patrick Line is has he still got an upper body injury? I mean, I guess it's fine because he's got a quarantine now anyway. But like he he's injured. Yeah, I think he's like, not far though from from coming back. I don't think I don't think he's going to keep him out too long. I think the interesting thing is, aren't they pick three and four on the same draft year? So or two and three. Yeah, I was trying to kind of. Each other? Work out who's who's getting what. So Columbus Blue Jackets trade Dubois to Winnipeg Jets on it would happen last Saturday uh, for uh, Patrick Liney, who's a right winger and center Jack. Here's another name that I can't say. Roslovogic. <laughs> there you go. Come on, Matt. You could say Roslovic, that one. Roslovic, isn't it? Thank you very much, Jolon. Uh, Columbus also then sent a 2022 third round pick to Winnipeg. The Jets will retain 26% of Line A's salary. That's the bit that I didn't understand. Yeah, Line A and Dubois were the number two and number three picks, respectively, in the 2016 NHL draft. Interesting fact. The salary bit, though. So Jets will retain 26% of Line A's salary. They're paying 26% of Line A's salary. For how long? Like, well, he's only got one year. Contract, yeah. yeah, he's basically only got this year and that that's one of the most fascinating things about this Dubois signed his kind of mini extension but Liney's going into a contract year and if there's one thing we know about Columbus they love to lose people <laughs> to free agency mm. and it's going to be fascinating to see whether they're able to tempt Liney or whether they've even had that as part of the deal to try and tempt Liney to stay and become that franchise player that they have been crying out for think of the players who've left Bobrovsky Panarin. Uh, who are the other ones as well? There's another one. They, uh, well. they desperately need scoring, don't they? I mean, yeah. that's, that's their biggest problem. And they need someone to stay. They need, you know, they've signed Max Domi, which was a, you know, a nice signing for them. And there's talk that he might be the centre that plays with line A, which could be quite exciting. Um, but they really need a, a player to commit to them and, and try and, yeah, as Matt said, score some goals. And because, you know, we watched, we watched Columbus last year very closely, didn't we, Claire? And, mm there was one thing that we weren't worried about and it was being outshot and outscored, but they grind you down. And, you know, if you can, if you can have that makeup of your team, but with a 40 plus goal scorer threat, goal scoring threat like line, eh, then that's interesting. Yeah. See, cause I love to look at the kind of history. I'm not clever enough to know what the, what's the history. Like have Max Domi and Patrick line previously come head to head with each other like they've you know they've butted heads like and now suddenly they're going to be playing on the same line you know like when a kind of a player like this moves teams you're like I wonder if you've had any history with other people that you're about to play with I, I'm just not clever enough to like know that stuff I wish I was but you know that's why people are experts and then we're not I suppose I would love to know if people have any inside information about that the interesting thing I thought with this one was that I remember a couple of seasons back, Line A was getting criticised for not putting enough effort in by Jets fans. And and then, then Pierre-Luc Dubois gets traded for not putting enough effort in. So they've just traded players that 
The thing, so got a history of not the, putting enough effort in. The thing with the thing with Liney though, and not putting enough effort. I think I find that very difficult when you think when you see how many goals he scored. <laughs> like, because he, you know, maybe he, he's a. And it, it is one of the criticisms of some of the players. Like, I, I do think of like William Nylander and, and players like that who who are frustrating sometimes because they don't always look like they're giving like a million percent. However, they get your results. Like what Pierre-Luc Dubois did the other day with that shift that we've all seen shared around was a joke. Like he bet he'd given up on that team. Mm. Whereas Line, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the attitude and the players and the way that that locker room works in Winnipeg and how, you know, his kind of, <laughs> his more relaxed nature as a player jarred with that. And yet you can't deny the talent that the guy has. I mean, he's scoring goals for fun in the NHL from day one of his career. And I, I just, I, I think this is a huge win for Columbus. I, Pierre Dubois will be great in Winnipeg and there's no doubt about that. But if <laughs> Line A just needs to do what Line A does and he will, he will become a <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets legend in yes. scoring. I, I'm absolutely gutted about this trade because uh, when Line was at the Jets, he absolutely destroyed Dallas every game. He, he's got a ridiculous amount of points against the Stars. And Winnipeg moved out of our division. And now he's been traded back into our division. <laughs> so now we get to see him eight or nine times a season again. Brilliant. Except he's, you know, well, you'd have to see him straight away because apparently he's waiting for his visa to sort out first before he can actually work in America. Hope so there's still off. hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's first world Dallas problems now. This, yeah. this hashtag is moving. So, so like, if we kind of say, is there a winner out of this? Who are we saying? Who's won? I think uh, well, Columbus. Yeah, for me, Columbus. I mean, I they think... were both. They were. They were both trading problems. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I just, I, I, I can't see how you get better by trading away Patrick Liney. Mm-hmm. I just don't. That, that said, Winnipeg were in real need of a second um, strong centerman. Um, I think they've got Shifley and then they needed somebody else. And so I think, I think that Pierre-Luc Dubois gives them a first and second line top centres for a couple of years to come. So I, I think both teams get what they want out of it, I suppose. The Jets have got, the Jets have also got issues here. Like the fact that line A, the fact that you let a player like line A go and okay, you get a good return is great. But look at the players again, who have, you know, it's almost a flip story. It's hilarious the fact that these two teams have traded because the stories merge so much. And it's funny that you know you jumbled the name Claire at the beginning, the Columbus Jets or whatever you call them. Like they, <laughs> the two teams are running in parallel at the moment because you know you've got the Winnipeg Jets as well. Think of the players that have left there. You've got Liney that's left. Buff the Bufflin situation was bizarre. Like what happened there? Who knows whether they they were linked in any way, shape, or form? We don't know. Evander Kane was another one personality didn't fit he left and suddenly you build up this kind of picture of a dressing room that's really difficult to work in and it's they're not a team who've got a huge amount of success behind them like I heard somebody I was listening to a podcast earlier today and they were talking about this and they were saying how you know if Sidney Crosby if you disagree with Sidney Crosby and Malkin's way of doing things and you get pushed out then who are you to say that 
You know, they've got Stanley Cups coming out of their ears. Like, and obviously whatever they do has worked over the years. Whether it works now is a different argument, but what they do works. If you are the Winnipeg Jets currently, you've got like one good playoff run. Like, that's about it. And so I just, I just don't know how this should send alarm bells to, and I'm sure it does for Jets fans because they know what's going on more than I do. But it's just worrying that you're trading away such an incredible player and, and a player that had the potential to become or will become such a, you know, a, a, one, of the, a, one of the big players for, for years to come. And uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Pierre-Luc Dubois because he will always be known as the player who came in for Patrick Laine. And his goal-scoring production and his point production is nothing like that of Laine, even though they are different players. But it's going to be tough for him, I think. And even in, a, in an albeit a small market, they're a very passionate market, Winnipeg. And it's going to be a, a big ask for, for him to, to perform in that. But he's, I think he's, um, one other interesting thing I heard was his dad is a, is a coach, I think. Pierre-Luc Dubois' dad is a coach in the Winnipeg organisation. I think he's a, he's a coach with one of their minor league teams or their AHL affiliate or something like that. Um, so there is a family connection there and, and he did, you know, he obviously did want out and Winnipeg were one of the favourites to go there. Um, so, you hope, you know, you hope it works out for both teams. I hope as a Leafs fan that it works out better for Columbus and Winnipeg are, are not stronger. But um, it's, a, it's a fascinating trade. And the, the other guy um, whose name now escapes me, ironically, um, Roslovic or something, yeah. Um, he, the one that none of us can say. Yep. He, he I, I, I don't think he's just a throw in. I mean, he is somebody who, um, uh, he's, no, I mean, I was just reading, get... he hasn't really actually played a lot, uh, in the center position. There isn't really enough to really know how valuable he's really going to be. But he's, he's filling a, you know, he, uh, if he does well and if he projects well, that some people are saying he will, he will fill a void there. You know, they are lacking centre depth massively. And he is somebody who has a, you know, has an eye high upside. They reckon he's a, he's a middle six contender, but he could push into the top six. And if they get a top six centre and Patrick Laine for Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, you're laughing. And mm. Pierre-Luc Dubois signed as well. So, I don't know. It's a fascinating trade, and it is one that I'm sure we'll talk about a long, for a long time. And I think it will become the new kind of um, Subban, uh, Subban and Weber trade. Like those two, their careers were linked together for so long because they were constantly being compared. And even though this isn't a straight swap, a direct one for one, that these two, these two players will be linked, especially as they were the same draft and you know next next to each other draft picks. It's fascinating. I just in, intrigued by the personalities like Patrick Laine and John Tortorella. It's not necessarily two people that you would invite over to your house for a dinner party. Do you know what I mean? Like no, Tortorella would be quite entertaining. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's a question there, sir. If you, had, you could invite two people from the NHL for a dinner party, who would they be? Ooh. Need time to think about that one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'll get back to you at the end. Yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry about uh, Tortorella and, and Line A, Lom. I just think Tortorella is, you know, he, uh, he won't, I'm sure he won't take things like what 
Dubois did and, and all of that kind of stuff. Although it is interesting that they have said that, you know, Dubois, well, sources close to Dubois have said that it's not Tortorella is the reason why he left. Um, I mean, Tortorella as a coach has been in the league a very long time and he's going to know exactly what Patrick Laine can and can't do. And it, I, I just don't see how you mess this up. You're not going to put him on the penalty kill. You're not going to get him to, you know, do the things that he doesn't want to do. Mm. I think he's just, I think he's going to put him out there. I think he's going to, I think he's going to do really well. I think if they can get a center to, to link up with him, I think that's going to be the biggest issue because um, they really don't have any. Um, I just think he's going to, it's a new toy for him to play with. And as long as there's no kind of public outburst from line A, then, I don't know. NHL players don't tend to do that, though. They they tend to, you know, they'll have their one disagreement in public, you know, and both these two players have had problems with their respective teams. But then what you don't want then is to become known as, and it happens very quickly, known as a difficult player mm. that always has to move around. And for Patrick Laine in a year where he's going to have to sign a contract, he is, you know, he he... Every goal he puts in is another million dollars. Like it's that kind of year for him. And mm. Tortorella's not gonna. And not, I, well, I don't see him getting in the way of that. I don't know if you guys think he will. I think play it's games, interesting, as but... you say, not only the players, the fact that they were second and third pick for 2016 draft, but equally, like both the teams are kind of in similar positions where they have had a chance at a playoff run, but not really got much further. And there's a lot of pressure on them to really start stepping up and, and getting at least like to the second round of playoffs to like to start to progress. Um, it's, yeah, it's just they're just um, interesting matchups in so many different ways. So, yeah, I think uh, once we kind of start seeing in a couple of weeks when they start hitting the ice... Uh, I mean, it looks like, um, where's this? I was just looking over scores there. Uh, Columbus have only won two out of their six games in the season so far. They've lost straight four. Uh, Winnipeg have won four, but two of those were in overtime. So, um, yeah, really interesting. Just looking across the league, actually. I mean, uh, the, um, what should we call it? The, Sorry, Vegas Golden Knights have won five out of their um, six games. One was in overtime, but absolutely seemed to be storming it. Interesting that obviously Toronto have won five as well. Who's down the bottom? New York Rangers have only won one. Uh, and Vancouver. Else? Can we talk about Vancouver? Because they're, now- they're a fast, like... What? Because Bo Holvat, again, I had him in my fantasy last year. Why did I not pick him again this year? He's top of the league in um, in points right now. I mean, he's up there with Conor David, Mitch Marnell, uh, Mitch Marnell, Mitch Marnell. Mitch Marnell. I can't Marnell. talk today. It's been <laughs> such a long day. Honestly, Mitch Rana, Conor McDavid and Bo Horvat. I mean, you would not think that, would you? He's played eight games. He's got 10 points. Good on him because Canucks, what is going on? I mean, one minute they're like throwing goals out of their ears and then it it just seems to be up and down. And I mean, they did beat, yeah. I mean, they did beat, you know, I watched the Sens game last night and, you know, the Sens were awful. It's not hard though, is it, to beat the Sens? I thought you would have loved that. Vancouver just need to sort their defence out. I mean, they've scored 
like 27 goals, but they've conceded 34. They've they've had games where they've scored. I think they've had two games where they've scored seven, two where they've scored six. It's like they've they've got clearly got the offensive talent, um, but they just can't stop shipping goals. That's that's going to cost them. It's but really think, high, isn't it? Because they've got goals for 27, goals against 34. You mean look across the rest of the league, and you're talking other teams like I mean. You know, you're talking like 9, 6, 12, 17, 11, 11, 15, 10 for like, you know, games, five or six games. So that's a real big in and out for goals, isn't it? Yeah, they've definitely got to sort the defence out. Um, and I think I, I saw a bit of the game last night as well. And they were talking about Elias Pettersson still isn't playing well. And you think if they're scoring all those goals and Pettersson's are not playing that well, then, you know, offensively, they're a a decent side but yeah you've got to got to shore up at the back I think they've they've got Holtby and Demko um, and they've been splitting um, the the goalkeepers but I think neither of them have really played that well but neither of them have been, have been awful they just haven't been given any protection from the, the defence yeah mm-hmm. Markstrom's a big loss though and you, you see what he's doing in Calgary and, and you know you, you're replacing a, a stellar goaltender with two good kind of two, well one up and coming goaltender and one kind of on a downward trajectory but you know they're good goaltending and it does it does really show you how uh how much those goaltenders do make a difference and mm. but we've got to i guess the other thing and the thing i keep trying to remind myself when i'm watching the Leafs is that this is this is october hockey it's just that it's in january yeah. and i think a lot of the things that we would see now in October wouldn't really alarm people as much as they are at the moment because of the shortened season and because of the fact that you know you're, you're losing points within your own division I, I just I, I just don't think teams have that runway and no. it's it's creating quite a pressured environment for them to, to work in. You already see how close it is. I mean, in central division, points-wise, you're talking like the bottom team has four points, the top team has six points. And that's Mm. like with, what, six games played between four and six, you know, with with the top two and bottom teams. I mean, interestingly, that Washington Capitals sit at the top of the East Division right now. They've got nine points. They've done six games. They've won three. They've lost three. They've won one of those in overtime. Um, But Washington Capitals were obviously in the news this week as well. Um, Some interesting comments about this. So Washington Capitals were fined for hanging out in the in the hotel room uh, when they were on the roads. Ovi came out and did an apology. Um, you know, we kind of asked for some people's thoughts about this on our Twitter account at NHL fans from afar. I mean, Mark here, Mark UK Leaf has put NHL has to put their foot down with the caps. Governments have made special exceptions for the league and teams. Any lapse from the NHL could easily result in a U-turn. Not saying it's right or wrong, but to me, those are the facts of the situation. And it just seems really strange because then, you know, we picked up and Matt, I know you've looked into this a little bit further, but then you've got Dallas Stars who have just had, what, four games postponed because there was COVID outbreak within the team. And then they come back and then there are fans watching the game. Like, I cannot get my head around 
this country for a starter, let alone like the sport. You know, it just seems so confusing. I mean, what should we talk about first? Should we talk about the capitals? And yeah, go for the you caps. know, it just seems bonkers. How silly. Silly billies, that's what I thought. So so the rule they broke were the four of them were in the same hotel room and you're only you're meant to have a hotel room to yourself and nobody's meant to go in. And a lot of people have been saying, oh, but they sit next to each other on the bench and, you know, they hug after they score a goal and all of this. So, so why have tested, this rule? Yeah, they? and they've been tested. And why why have this this rule? But I think Mark's right. The, the NHL have worked really hard to get different states, different countries to make exceptions for hockey to be played. And there are, you know, they've clearly set out with these states and, and, and borders and countries what restrictions they're going to put in place to safeguard people and safeguard the, the, the hockey players. So I think they've got to be seen to stamp down when the rules are broken, else there might be a U-turn and it could put the whole the whole season in, in jeopardy. Um, I mean, you mentioned last week, you know, teams are playing all their games away at the moment because they can't get in the home, the home stadium in San Jose. San Jose. So it's like, mm. it's like you can't, you can't have a rule and then when it's broken go, oh yeah, but it's, it's okay because you've all tested negative or, you know, you've got to, you've got to clamp down. So I think they did the right thing. They've got to set a, set a tone and hope that it it, it cl- like stops it from happening in other other teams mm. yeah just um and i thought what was also interesting was that in the nba washington wizards were then having this whole thing where they actually said you know we can't even put eight players the minimum of eight players to play a game so they were having to like you know postpone their their schedule and i mean it's just like what you know, the, the tale of two halves of Washington, especially of what on earth in the world, in the news that was going on in Washington last week. I mean, poof, Washington was the, the epicentre of all world news, I think, for multiple reasons. But then um, this thing about Dallas, OK, I have to be honest when I was like, why are there fans allowed to watch a game like I? do not understand like in north america's cases are off the scale surely nhl are going out of their way also i think if i was a gm in somewhere like arizona minnesota who is probably desperate to kind of keep the books afloat financially and they can see some of the other teams are allowing fans in. You'd be so annoyed, well, wouldn't you? Well, Arizona have had fans. So so Dallas are the third team to have fans. So really? Arizona, yes, yeah, so Arizona have got fans at their But it's uh, about stadium. the same amount of people that would normally go to the game, isn't that? Well, the I did see one of their <laughs> games and it did look like a normal a normal game, but there was only two and a half thousand people there. Um, Florida Panthers have also had four thousand fans there at their games. Um, and the stars always said from the beginning they were going to have fans in the building and I think when I think there was kind of eyebrows raised then because of the numbers of cases in in Dallas but then when the stars had the outbreak with the team I think it kind of shows how serious it is and how how quickly it can spread you know they had something like 17 people isolating Um, it's a surprise that they're then allowing four and a half thousand fans in the building um 
the Preds have also announced that they're going to allow fans in and Tampa are going to allow fans in as well coming up. So they're not the only team, but given the situation in, in Dallas, I am surprised that they're still letting people in. The NBA team, the Mavericks, play in the same stadium and they've not allowed fans in. Right. I mean, it's so strange, isn't it? Because we, we threw this out on Twitter and actually we had some quite interesting response. People who don't feel the same way. I mean, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Are you stupid? But other people are like, uh, what is one of the really good messages that we got, which quite simply just said something like, hey, they've done the risk assessment. It, I'm sure that it's <laughs> yeah, that all was, cool. Not that a problem. Was- that was Adam. So yeah, he said they've, they've done the risk assessments. Yeah. What you know, it's not a problem. And I, and I, and I do get that. I, I think we've seen it in this country with um, with people wanting to go back to watch football, and there was a lot of pressure to have fans back at football, and, and then we did, and then we've gone into lockdown again. And I think it is something which kind of um, divides opinion. And I think Adam's opinion, I do get that because you know you've got to in a way trust that the people who are running the building and the nhl must have agreed to it as well yeah i would have thought have done their their risk assessments they put the protocols in place and why not allow them in i think uh, chris got back to us as well and said you know if it's allowed it's not it's not a problem um reading the article in the athletic um which kind of covered how well it was policed at American Airlines Center in terms of everyone was men to wear a mask and stay six feet apart and everything. It was not as good as you kind of would have hoped. And I think there was a lot of people wearing masks under their chins and kind of abusing the rule that you can take your mask off when you have a drink and all of this sort of stuff. And so it's going to be interesting to see whether there's any outbreaks or how well it continues. But but I think I, I looked into what the current guidelines are in Dallas. And the current guidelines are, it, it is almost like the same alert level as we've got in this country. It is their most extreme alert level. And the rules are stay at home. But unlike in this country, it's not enforced by law. So things are still open. Restaurants are still open. It's just they're advised not to go to restaurants. Wow. How, how do you... Like, what? It's just ridiculous. Like, how can you have advice that says stay at home? Oh, yeah, but well, you can go well, to a sport. A you know what it is? It, you... It's because the governments don't want to give the businesses any support. Because if they close the businesses, they have to give some kind of support package. So you can't I... have both. That's the crazy thing. Like, you can't you can't have rules yeah. in your state and say, well, well, you must all stay at home. And then also then say, you know, you, but this is the thing yeah, is but you go to the rule. stars game yeah it's not a rule it's guidance and this is this is the difference you know we've got laws in this country now and rules but there it's guidance and the guidance for attending events and entertainment is avoid group settings opt oh, for in-home really? entertainment options <laughs> but but because it's guidance the stars can get away with having fans there so it's i think each state is being run differently. Like you were mentioning yeah. last week with San Jose, it's it's just so different across the whole 
the whole country. And um, Canada has just revised, you know, its rules on what is essential. I know they uh, Ontario went into another lockdown a few weeks ago. I've got family who live there. Last time they couldn't work. They waited ages to get government support. Now they've been deemed as essential because they're not entitled to support, but they've got to go out and work even though they're told to stay at home. So, I mean, yeah. we could debate the culture. We're, <laughs> well, we're, hours. Do you know what? I, do you know what? And over here, we're we're getting to a point where we can't really judge, you know, even countries like America and uh, other countries, because <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it's not like we've got a, a fantastic record, and you know, on a recording a podcast on a day that we record over a hundred thousand deaths, you know, I don't want to get morbid, but the UK is, sl- is slowly losing any in any grasp of being able to kind of stay on the high ground. But wow. I just I. I found it really strange and you know I, I was watching the the NFL championship games over the weekend and really enjoying them and the fans were back and there were thousands of people in these big open air stadiums and you know as a spectator and a fan I loved it it was great but when you it was it was like escapism but then you think well hang on no you're escaping to a world where this is exactly the same issues over there and and I yeah I find it very jarring when you kind of you know, you think of all the issues and all the things that are going on at the moment. And if you think if you're over there in America, but it's applicable here, if we were having big gatherings, you know, if you're a, if you're a healthcare worker or you're a teacher or you're somebody whose you know, job it is to deal with this stuff and you're, you know, you happen to switch on your TV at the end of your 12 hour shift and you see all of that, you must, you must just have your head in your hands thinking, what is the point in trying? <laughs> like, mm. And I don't know it, it's really difficult and I think it's one of the biggest differences while I love having sport on TV right now and the lockdown is far better for it in terms of a completely selfish view. Um, there is something about, you know, this, this kidding ourselves that life goes on as normal is, is part of the reason why we're in this problem. Yeah. And it's like Tom, who's the Oilers fan who chipped in last week saying, actually, you know, him, sport has been a lifeline for keeping him sane in the last few months. And I think a lot of people can really see that, you know, it feels like there's more time for us to really enjoy watching this sport. And if we kind of come back to like the NHL, I mean, how many games are there? It feels like every day is hockey day right now. Like, I mean, the Leafs schedule is absolutely unreal. You're talking like, what, four games last week, four games this week? I can't actually remember if that's even right but it it feels incredibly busy I mean like say Matt you went from absolutely a complete drought to like boom the games are back and that having watched like Dallas and also some of the other teams has there been anything this season that has kind of really surprised you not not so far I think (laughs) I mean the, I was going to say the amount of goals because there just seems to be goals everywhere, but that's not really surprised me. I think I was expecting, like Jolin was saying, it's kind of pre-season for everyone because mm. no nobody had any exhibition games, you know, shortened training camps, all of that kind of thing. Um, so I kind of expected there to be lots of goals. And I think what will be interesting is over, say, the next four or five weeks, whether that tightens up once um, teams realised, you know what, we, we can't go on having games that are 6-5, 7-6. Mm. Um, these are divisional games every day. To keep You've that kind of intensity. Yeah. yeah. You know, we need points because because at the moment it's, it seems to kind of be, you know, you've got these back-to-backs. Um, you play the same team twice or even three times in a row. You 
you have one team wins one and then the next night the, the team that lost is more um energized and and up, up for revenge and then they win the other game so you're kind of splitting the points and you can't go on the whole season like that because you're not going to qualify for the playoffs so teams are going to have to tighten up i mean we, we spoke about vancouver but there's there's other teams as well who've really got to tighten up the defense else they're not going to make the playoffs it's a shortened season and at some point i think it's really going to tighten up but, but the fan in me hopes it doesn't because it's so exciting watching 7-6 games. It was like that, actually, uh, on Sunday, Toronto and Calgary's games was just so fast. There were parts of the third period where I thought, is this playoff hockey? Like, it was so, so fast. It was end-to-end stuff. Both teams were, like, super offensive. Um, and uh, and then, obviously, at the end of that game, I mean, we've just heard the announcement today from Sheldon Keefe that um, Jack Campbell, the backup who played in net for Toronto, um, is going to be out for weeks. I mean, it was quite clear. It was incredible to watch his, you know, tenacity. It was terrifying. I've got to be honest. Like, you know, um, through you could see throughout that last period how he had a he was struggling with an injury. I think it was somewhere on his right leg. Um, and the pileup happened with 37 seconds left on the clock where Matthew Kachuk um, basically was just lay on top of him. And uh, and it was really like, you know, it, it, it kind of flashed to, to Freddie Anderson, who was on the bench, like, is he going to have to come, come on for 37 seconds? <laughs> like, That'd it really scary, was. In the post game, I mean, I, I really enjoy listening to like Leafs Nation, which kind of decode um, the game afterwards. Um, Nick Alberta and Gordon Stelic, absolutely brilliant. And I watch the um, post game interviews if I can. And then you really get like the sense of how was that for you? And he and they just said to him, you know, was there any doubt in your mind that you'd have to? you know, come off uh, and head to head to the bench or, or swap and get Freddie on. And he was like, nope, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to finish that game. That's what you want to hear. Yes, it is. But then you don't want to know he's injured. <laughs> and I haven't even just dared look on Twitter to see, is it Michael Hutchinson that we have got for the backup for Toronto? I'm not even going to think about that. We're going to back-to-backs. I have thought of something that has surprised me. Yes. How good the Dallas Stars power play has been. Are we, now, are we at this point where we're only going to talk about our own teams? Maybe. <laughs> we've reached that point already. <laughs> but, but like, I mean, uh, we've had seasons of knowing that the Stars' power play is just god-awful. Um, and it could still be absolutely awful this season. We are only two games in. Um, but I think we've had something like eight power play goals already and a short-handed goal. Um, so... It's it's just very unusual to uh, to have a good power play, albeit against a really terrible Nashville penalty kill. I mean, absolutely awful. So, kind of taking it with a pinch of uh, salt, but at the same time, hoping that it it continues. <laughs> mm. Let's let's kind of head into a little bit of um, other news then. So. I mean, it's not the sexiest of news. It sounds very complicated, to be honest, which is why we had to reach out to one of our podcast friends, James Reeve, to help explain this. So the NHL suspended the former GM for Arizona Coyotes for the rest of 2021. 
I mean, I, I, maybe we should just play a bit of what we asked James to like send us a recording um, to explain what on earth he was talking about. Let me see if I can just uh, play this recording to you. Um, James Reeve, by the way, is in the UK. He's over Milton Keynes way, but he happens to write um, articles on Arizona coyotes. So we were like, can you explain this? Because it all ended a bit uh, bitter, shall we say, before the playoffs and they were left without him before the playoffs. But it seems to progress. So why has he been... Uh, you know, deleted by the NHL for a year. Let me see if I can play James's recording. So John Shake has been suspended until uh, December, effectively meaning he can't get involved in any NHL operations of any kind, pretty much until uh, the 1st of January um, 2022. Uh, and a lot of people have been speculating that it might have been around the Coyotes' illegal pre-draft testing of prospects. Uh, but in actual fact, it seems to be related to the circumstances of him cancelling his deal uh, with the Coyotes' organisation. Uh, obviously, everyone can remember the sudden and fairly acrimonious departure he had last year. And it seems that um, he wanted to take up an opportunity with the owner of the New Jersey Devils, Josh Harris, who also owns the Philadelphia 76ers, um, as kind of a an overall analytics type position. Um, but in his Coyotes contract, as far as I'm aware, there is actually a clause that meant that he wasn't able to leave the Coyotes to take up another opportunity involving an NHL team. Obviously, it seems that he tried to, and the Coyotes kind of called foul on that, and the NHL appears to have sided with the Coyotes in this instance, um, and land, given him quite a heavy uh, suspension as a result. So it, it really stems from the way that he left the team and his intentions of trying to join another team in the same league which would have been a breach of contract um, with the Coyotes. So it's not particularly sexy stuff, right? He went for a job interview for another NHL team, got caught out, and then he kind of went, oh, what do you mean there's a clause? And then now he can't get a job in the NHL for the next year. I'm like, oh, God, it just seems like so crazy and just, you know, it's not like the big news of the century, is it? But I'm just like, not great news for the Coyotes. But this, this is tough for the Coyotes because they, I mean, John Shaker was seen as uh, a kind of uh, a rising star amongst the ranks of hockey GMs. And he was going to, he was going to bring some excitement back to Arizona. And he was, you know, he had all these ideas and all these grand plans of how to do it and everything. And, and through his, uh, <laughs> Through his, well, the stuff that he has done and he's overseen, you know, the the Coyotes have been absolutely screwed now for years. I mean, the the draft impact that they've had from the various mistakes, and then I mean, you know, this one, this is slightly different now because this is just affecting him. But but the but for a franchise that really needed some positive news and and everything to go right for them for a few years. 
it's just another kind of you know nail in that coffin really um and you've got to feel sorry for the fans and all of that kind of stuff but but this is a this is a franchise that really needs to to reform but you look at their team and you, you think it's going to be a good few years before that is the case yeah, I don't know what to think about the Coyotes. I'm trying to think. I've got one of their players in my fantasy team and I need to find out who it is because I probably need to get rid of them pretty soon, don't I, really? <laughs> who else could I trade? They've, they've had so many players, like Clayton Keller's one of those players who I always think of with the Coyotes. And he's somebody who promised so much and then every year just doesn't seem to really kind of... It, it doesn't really work for him and, and Taylor Hall going there and there was a bit of excitement and buzz around that but of course now he's moved on and didn't want to stay there and the, the John Shaker stuff and the, the draft the, all the draft picks that they lost and they've got this great goalie tandem but that you know they managed to keep them but there was a lot of talk about them leaving in the off season and it, yeah, I don't know it must be tough for Coyotes fans I do feel for them a bit yeah well, let's come back to finish then with that question. If you could have two people from the NHL at a dinner party, who would you have? Damn, I've done that thing where I've said I'll think about it and then of course I haven't thought about it. Same here. Nah. No. Would you go old? Would you go new? Would you go management or would you go player? That's where you start to nail it down. How many are we having? Two? You can have two. For a yeah. socially distant for a socially distant dinner yeah yeah it might have to be via zoom uh because <laughs> travel restrictions are in place which opens you up i mean you know what I, I, i'll even open up you could have dead or alive how about that for me i want some some current people i, I wonder whether All right. All right. like i mean even even like brian burke would be fascinating yeah um just the knowledge of that guy is absolutely incredible but a player who would i have you wouldn't want to get someone boring like austin matthews would you hey austin can be fun austin can be fun oh god matt do you want to go <laughs> i've got one oh, i'd just be boring and say it's probably got to be somebody like Gretzky just for the stories and then somebody like Jamie Ben just because he's kind of my era captain of the say you've had dinner with Jamie Ben exactly <laughs> <laughs> see Brian Boyle would also be quite interesting because he really has played for so many teams he could tell you about the behind the scenes for so many teams oh god I'm so conflicted right my 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 definite nailed on one because I just I would love to just chat to him would be Mike Babcock like that that would just be the number one guest for me because there's so many questions I've got for him not that I'd have the balls to actually ask him any of them but in <laughs> this fictitious world well this is the thing I, I'm, I'm not going to pick a TV personality although he is doing TV now because you think well they, they tell you their opinions all the time but I'd love to, uh, you know, Mike Babcock's book about coaching is very interesting. Of course, you know, <laughs> revelations since have, have slightly tarred that. But anyway, <laughs> Mike Babcock would be my number one person to speak to. So you're not going to go for a goalie then? Imagine two goalies at dinner. Wow. It'd be a bit weird. I think it'd be a bit strange. I think they'd order odd things and eat odd things and be very picky about how they <laughs> ate their food. Um, <laughs> And what about Alexander Ovechkin and Patrick Laine together? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, Crosby and Ovechkin. <laughs> yeah, that you know, be quite interesting. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. What would I, you I think I, I, I'm going to go really boring, but my two would be Mike Babcock and then uh, Morgan Riley would be the other one because he has oh. been the, uh, the Leafs the longest of this tenure. He's seen so much in the kind of period of time that I've been a big Leafs fan that, I yeah, I'd love that. Or Nazem Kadri. He'd be another one because I'd like to ask yes. him why, 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 why did you do what you did? But anyway, yes, I mean I think Mitch Marner would be a lot of fun actually. Um, yeah, and even someone like Max Domi, I think there's a lot behind him. There's a lot going on there, character. Um, yeah, like whoa, this is one that we need to debate a little bit more. Maybe we come back with more solid answers next week. Get people to send us their their two on Twitter. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Send you us have you two an people. Idea, who would you like to go to a dinner party with? Yet yeah, we're on Twitter at NHL fans from afar. You can even email us if you wish NHL fans from afar uh, at gmail.com. Uh, if you need a little bit more time and characters to explain your choices. Um, anything else that you would like to report or your wishes and dreams for the week ahead, boys? I was just going to say, did you see um, Av's prospect, Bo Byron, made his debut against the Kings this week? And um, they lost 4-2 to the Kings, um, which is a real shame for the Avs. Sorry, Steve. Um, (laughs) But but his mum was interviewed about um, her son, and she came out with the brilliant line of, he keeps that little beard stuff to make him feel a little bit older. Oh talking about talking God. about his patchy beard. And you just think you're a professional sportsman earning like, you know, a million million dollars and your mum puts that out there on the internet and you know, that's there forever. <laughs> How to ruin your NHL debut. Wow, so Austin Matthew makes his debut by scoring, what, four goals? And his mom and dad are delighted in the stands. They're so proud. And this boy gets his mom to talk about his little beard stuff. I need to see that video clip. It's, it, there's a, it's the interviews on The Athletic. Um, they, they spoke to his parents over Zoom. And, uh, yeah, there's some, some good quotes in there. I absolutely love that. Bro, well, I mean, we're excited to have another week of hockey. We're very appreciative of that. And I feel your frustration, perhaps if you're a Carolina Hurricanes fan right now. You're probably not loving hockey this week, um, but hopefully that will give you a chance to kind of catch up and open your mind like Paul Matt had to uh, in the opening to catch some of the other games. And some, you know, it continues to be some nice UK time friendly games, which is good for as Europeans, so love it. Can I I just say, 9pm on a Sunday night watching a Leafs game, it it almost felt normal, like, isn't that just like, oh, it was incredible. I was in bed after a Leafs win by like 11.30. I mean, come on. Yeah, (laughs) it's a a great way to finish a weekend. Please, could we have some more? Right, let's leave it there. Let's wrap it up. You go debate what you're going to have for dinner tonight, let alone who you're having dinner with. We can all dream, <laughs> right? We can dream about hockey. We can dream I'd about dinner. dinner with anyone, Claire, to be honest, at the moment. <laughs> I'd have dinner with anyone if it was a safe and okay thing to do after this year. 
you know what? It was that cold today. I went to get a coffee at a coffee shop, which was takeaway, obviously. But my hands were so cold, I went and stood in the corner of a, a, a low-cost supermarket just to warm up and drink my coffee. <laughs> That's was, was the that, desperation that we're going to. Was that an essential journey, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> essential or not essential, there's the new game. <laughs> right, and that's where we're going to end this. Stay warm, stay healthy, and stay up very late to watch your hockey. Take care. <laughs>